Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Krabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident Krabby Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Zach, hey, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me on. This is awesome. I'm really pumped for this conversation. I was digging into kind of the things that you are doing and offering. And I have to tell you, I meant to say this before I started recording, as a graphic designer, this yeah. is real good. Like this, is, this is real good. Yes, we this passed the good. test. Yeah, like I found myself audibly being like, "Oh, yeah, let's this go." So you are the creator of the Bible study, a one-year study of the Bible and how it relates to you. You have a youth edition, you have a planner, and you also have a book coming out in the fall. You're doing all of the things. Uh, I yes. was what I was just singing the accolades of is the graphic design in the Bible study, because thank you. Let's just be honest. Like Christians haven't quite caught up in the graphic yeah, yeah. design. Only like four world. years behind. Yeah, right. exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's like fashion making it from New York to Louisiana. It's kind of the <laughs> <same>. <laughs> 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I was living in Miami the last few years and then now I'm back in Minneapolis. So oh, exact same thing. Exactly the you. same. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> Tell us just a little bit about kind of the Bible study and the things, the the resources that you offer. Totally. So we run a company called The Brand Sunday. And under that, we have just a bunch of tools. We kind of hold people's hand as they read through the Bible and grow in their faith. It helps people that are much older than me and then also people that are much younger than me. We've focused heavily on the graphic design aspect that you mentioned. And just so that it's it's more of a coffee table book and a conversation starter than it is something that you want to throw away when you're done, but you can right. use it as a resource. And I kind of took out a lot of my views on most things. And it's very much, literally, you're going to read the entire Bible over the course of a year yourself. I'm going to hold your hand through the process. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions to get you thinking about the books, but this is all on you. This isn't yeah. me telling you what to believe. This is you figuring out for yourself. Cause that's really what I, the a process that I went through years ago was like, man, I grew up a Christian. Do I want to like, is this, is this real to me? Do I yeah. want to believe it? Is my relationship there? And I was just questioning things for years. And I really went on my own personal journey, asking all of the hard questions. And, and I think most of us need to go through our own experience and, and do that ourselves. Well, and I think what's cool is kind of what you touched on that this really is for everybody. Like if you're yeah. at the beginning and you're 
the Bible's overwhelming. I mean, of why, course. why are like, I mean, especially old Testament. I'm like, why is your name yeah. 17 syllables long? And right. like, why are you like sleeping with your dad? Like I have questions, you know? Yo, that's so true. It's true. It can be very overwhelming. I think, I think it can be overwhelming for people that are encountering, encountering it for the first time and who have been around it their whole lives. But I think there's also this element of if you did, I also grew up in a Christian home, didn't, my faith didn't become my own until I was older. But when I did kind of having grown up going to Christian schools and all that kind of stuff, when I did kind of decide to try to read the Bible for myself was like, yeah, uh, do I? Like, do I believe, is this real? Right. Do I believe this stuff? Yeah, we I'm went just, through the exact same thing. I yeah, think we're twins. exactly. I just didn't, I didn't like move to <laughs> Australia and <Yeah. laughs> like make a whole like business out of it, which is way cool. I just like went to LSU and then got married and had babies, but you know, whatever. <laughs> same difference. <laughs> same, uh, same. <laughs> same, same. So tell us a little bit about kind of, I just hinted at that you moved to Australia. Tell us a little bit yeah. about kind of where brand Sunday came from. It's like, it's got a pretty cool backstory. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was, I I grew up in the church. I grew up uh, a believer and, and I, I knew all the stories, but the, my faith wasn't necessarily my own. And I had never read the Bible all the way through. And I remember that I was working at this restaurant with a few people and the people that weren't believers were much better people than the people that we're believers. <laughs> and I really kind of was going through like in a crisis at that point, like, man, what do I believe? I like the, my beliefs are falling more in line, not, not necessarily spiritually, just how you're supposed to love other people are falling way more in line with these other people that aren't even Christian versus the people that are Christians weren't walking it out. And so, man, I hit this quarter life crisis, I guess. <laughs> And I was like, I, I have no idea what I, what I believe right now, what I want to do with my life, anything. And so I remember I was praying one night in like January, snowy January to paint the picture, just contemplating everything. And I said, God, I'm going to give you two years to prove that you're real. Otherwise, like I'm, I'm done. I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to be associated with a lot of, a lot of people anymore. And so that night I decided that I was going to move out to Australia because who doesn't want to just move I out mean, to Australia? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I wanted to be in a different time zone. I wanted to be away from distractions and I wanted to be able to surf. And, and so why okay. not go Hell there? Yeah. Yeah. And so literally we went out to this, this place called the Sunshine Coast an hour north of, shoot, I don't even know what it is an hour north of. It was over there. It was a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, and we would study for 12 hours a day, six days a week like super intensely. If it was Genesis week, we would read, literally read Genesis five times through during the week. And then you would develop your own commentary essentially. And so by the time I was done with this program, I had like 30 to 40 pages of notes on every book of the Bible. And I was like, man, if I had this three years ago, I think my life would be completely different. Yeah. And so I was just praying about it and people were asking me for my notes and And I figured, man, I could really help a lot of people that are overwhelmed by the Bible by making it a little more simple. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of things that are continue to be overwhelming your entire life. Absolutely. You just need somebody to hold your hand and and give you that first step direction. And like, if you understand the big picture story of the Bible, you're going to understand how the smaller books 
fit into the the bigger book. Yeah. And so I created this, I wrote this thing called the Bible study. I ended up designing it and we did a Kickstarter campaign in 2017 had a successful campaign and then we launched it and we've built a business out of it over the last four years, um, coming up on five years now. And now we have employees all over the country and have an incredible team that, that backs it all, which is a lot allows me to just create at this, this point, which yeah. is like, that's, that's really where my, my passion that's is. So freaking cool. So. Dang. That's awesome. So I want to go back kind of to the beginning of your story. Because I think we kind of like not skipped over, but talked really quickly about something I think is going to resonate with a lot of people because it resonates with me. Yeah. The fact that your journey kind of started because you were watching non-believers behave better than believers. Totally. So I did a question box on Instagram the other day and somebody asked what denomination I most associate with. And I said, none of them. Yeah. (laughs) If I could find a word other than Christian to call right. myself, to disassociate yeah. from a lot of these people, yeah. I would. <laughs> totally. I feel that. I wonder if part of the problem, not I wonder, I know that a part of the problem is, is that like, we don't know our Bible. Yeah, for sure. And we don't know how to act it out. Right. Like, how are we supposed to look different? Yeah. If what we like know and what is the basis of what we do isn't different. Totally. All we had on Sunday was an encouraging word. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, yeah. it would change everything. If we it actually would. knew what the, what the Bible said and actually what Jesus said and how he lived his life and not just things that are like only miracles, but like day to day, it would give us something to base our lives around. And I, I use this phrase often called holy habits. And I think if we learn to develop holy habits that fall in line with not just spiritual habits, but also mental habits and physical habits. If we're able to develop these holy habits, a lot of people call it spiritual formation. I think we're going to actually live out the life that Jesus calls us to live out. And we're going to see the Bible as more actionable than it is just head knowledge. And that's, that was a big change for me was going from my head to my heart. I think it's, it's 18 inches from your head to your heart. And it's that that 18 inch journey and going on that, figuring out, okay, man, this, what is being taught here is, is actually supposed to change my life. When, when somebody becomes a believer, their life is supposed to be drastically different. Yeah. And then also for us as well, it's like, it's encouraging because now when we're looking at other believers, like knowing that they're supposed to be changing, we should be seeing the good inside of all of them and seeing like, yeah, man, some things in life are going to be really tough, but like you're going through it. And I want to also give you grace in the moment and, and realize that like, that, yeah, you may know things different than me. We may see things differently, but at the end of the day, like I'm going to love you either way and yeah. not be as judgmental back to people that are judgmental. I think right. that's something that I often struggle with is literally like, Oh, I'm judging people for being judgmental. And then I'm like, wait, who's the, wait. who's the right one? You know? wait. Well, how did we get in this boat where I'm doing the same yeah. exact thing you are? Well, I think some of it is having grown up. I mean, I grew up going to, to Christian private school where yeah. you learned your ABCs with Bible verses. I think it does just become head knowledge. Yeah, totally. When, so when I was 18 and kind of had this like encounter with God 
where his, my relationship with him became my own. And it wasn't just my parents dragging me to church on Sundays as a kid. And yeah, I remember sitting there being like, I've got it. It's all up here. I can, yeah. I can spit out Bible verses until the cows come home, but what all do they day. mean to me? What yeah. they have not yet impacted my life. How I view myself, how I view others, how I treat others. It's like, what did that specifically look like in that journey you know, your time in Australia and getting to know the word. Do you feel like you remember like kind of the information traveling that 18 inches, like from your head to your heart? You know, I think even more so over the last few years, just being around people that are really walking it out has really encouraged me and inspired me to just change the way that I live my life. And so I often, when it comes to studying the Bible, like you are going for head knowledge at that, right. at that moment, you know, which is also why we wrote the Bible study. Cause it's like, I don't want it to be just in your head. And this is a, this is going to be a process. And, and I get that. And it's been a process for me as well. I feel like I'm learning how to walk in this more now than ever, even though we're, we're years in and we've helped so yeah. many people grow in their understanding of the word. And so it's, it's a, it's a process. It's a journey. Okay. So we talked about kind of moving to Australia, building it, pitching it out into the world. I love that it was a Kickstarter. That's like one of my like pet, like I love finding little Kickstarters and being like, here you go, go, I believe in you. It's my favorite. Do you remember the ones that were like all of the the different books of the Bible? Yeah, yeah. Like made really pretty when that was a Kickstarter. It was like all about that. It was the best. Yes. So beautiful. And those guys are still crushing it. They're like an incredible company. I have their books right behind me. Of course you do. Yeah. yeah. So there have to have been like issues though. Like I'm sure it wasn't all just like clear sailing, getting something like that off of the ground. Like what did you face? Like roadblocks? (laughs) They're like, did you ever want to quit? Yeah, of course. I mean, I had a philosophy kind of where I said that until I can pay myself a full salary, I'm not going to take a dollar of what we're making. So it was literally two years of building this company, paying 17 other people before I took a dollar for myself. So I had a full-time job. I had that safety net the entire time. And, and I think that's important for a lot of people, especially younger people, because we're looking at all these people on social media that are crushing it by the age of 22. And then, so when an 18 year old sees them or a even a 23-year-old sees them, they either think they're behind or like they have so much to do. When in reality, most people like don't find success until earliest, maybe mid-30s for like the most successful people. And so I think just learning how to like slow down and appreciate the moments and realize how much time we truly have, that's been a game changer for me because even myself, I put so much pressure on having these things happen by the time I was 26. It was literally like, I needed to be very successful by 26. I always said to myself, but at 26, I had just lost my job. I had just got out of a relationship, a project I was working on fell apart. And that's when I moved to Australia. So it was like, man, what you, where you expect to be. And these pressures that you put on yourselves, they don't come from anybody else. It's literally just yourself that can really mess you up, I think. And so taking a step back and realizing, man, I need to just slow down and be grateful for what I do have right now and take every one of these experiences for what they are. And I know they're going to turn into something incredible. 26 is a baby. 26 is a baby. Oh my goodness. Baby. Like (laughs) 
the idea that you have, and I get that. I mean, I have wanted to write books and and share my heart since, I mean, like 18, 19. And I remember being 25, 26. For me, I got married really young and had babies really young. And so being deep in the trenches of like spit up and diapers and all that being like, yeah. I've missed my window. It's right. over. Like I'm 25 years old totally. and I'm never going to do anything with my life. Right. Not right. that being a full-time mom is doing nothing with your life because it's, it's, it's more work than a lot of people's jobs. Exactly. But I didn't start confessions of a crappy Christian was my 30th birthday present to myself. Wow. Come on. You know what I mean? And, and <laughs> yeah. it, it didn't even really see like what we quote unquote call success until it totally. was maybe a year or two old. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm sure the Bible study wasn't, was it an instant success? No, not at all. And that's something that a lot of people need to realize is that like, yeah. yo, I, I failed on a bunch of other projects and entrepreneurial endeavors yes. before I started the Bible study. And then even once we started the Bible study, it was two years in before I went full time with it. Yeah. And, but often as like with, with our culture right now, we create something. And if we don't get the support within a month or a few posts, then it's on to the next thing. But if you can learn how to develop that perseverance and that grit, that's going to really bring you to the next level, that's going to be a game changer for you. Because then when things don't go your way, you're going to brainstorm and pivot and try to figure out how to actually make it successful, which it took years before we ever found any success. I think like yeah. It's crazy. How different. Yeah. I really, we actually are twins, like outside of <laughs> Australia, like, because I, I have a book that comes out this fall as well. Let's I think go. My third or fourth like proposal and outline. Yep. Like it's a totally different book than yes. like the first book that I thought I'd ever write. Right. Nothing looks like what I thought it was going to when I yes. started. And, but also, and I think you would, it sounds like you would mirror this as well. It's also wildly more successful than I ever thought that it would be. 100%. Like it blows my mind every day. Wildly. This is my full-time job now. I mean, I write yeah. books and I coach and I so get to have conversations with people every day. I was on staff full-time at a church for the first yep. year and a half that I was building it. Yeah. But I wonder if part of the issue is that not a lot of people are having this conversation. Like how many people yes. are saying, I like it sucked at first and they aren't. I didn't, right. I didn't take a paycheck and <laughs> yeah, it, I almost failed a couple of times or I did fail a couple of times. Right. Like, I think that's probably part of the missing piece as well is if more people were having the conversation that you and I are having, yes, it would be less scary to start and not immediately succeed. Totally. I think a lot of it has to come down to like younger people have so much time for the most part. Granted, there's mm-hmm. obviously different situations where that's not true, but like we just struggle with so much FOMO and wanting to <laughs> just be a part of everything. And, and we feel like we need to say yes to everything because otherwise oh people gosh. aren't going to like us. But if you really like learn to, so something for me is like, I break down my life to, okay, these are the three most important things to me. And if I get invited to something or asked to do something that doesn't line up with one of those three things, I give myself permission to say no. 
Doesn't mean I always say no, but I give myself permission to. And I think a lot of people need to know that like, yo, it's okay to say no to things, even if it's a really cool opportunity or that's where a lot of your friends are. If you really want something, it may mean that outside of your normal job, if you're working 10 hours a day, you might need to spend four hours every night working on it because you believe in it and you want it to be that successful. I think a lot of people don't want it bad enough they see the benefits later on, but they don't want to. Yeah. The highlight reel. Exactly. They don't want to fall in love with the process. And you really, as an entrepreneur, which I'm sure, you know, like you have to love the dirt. You have to love like being in it when you don't want to. And there's going to be some days when it's like, yo, this sucks so much. Like get me out of here. I don't want to, I I don't want to do this. I would so much rather go back to working a corporate job or working at a restaurant. Somebody just tells me what to do. Right. Punch in, punch out. Totally. Yeah. I think about that all the time, but at the end of the day, like the grass is greener where you water it. The people that are in that role think that you're crushing it and like, are super jealous of you and vice versa. Yeah. So you're never going to find anything that's going to be like the perfect scenario. It's going to, you're going to struggle some, and that's just life. That's what we, we learn to, to do. And that's where it comes to like giving grace to the people around us and loving them, loving them to the best of our ability and, and figuring out how to walk out the gospel message. Yeah. I think talking about FOMO and like missing out, I think that that is a huge part of it because I think we're so desperate for some semblance of success that we're just picking up everything that comes in front of us. And I think in the end, we're picking up things that are for somebody else. I had to learn that lesson, like the hard way at the beginning of my journey was like, I was saying yes to everything, hoping that one of those things was going to be my avenue, like quote unquote in. Yeah. But in the end, because I wasn't being prayerful and I wasn't discerning what actually was for me and what wasn't like, did I end up picking up things that were for other women? Like that God had for somebody else right? that I kind of like fumbled. Like I like got through it, but it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. You know, same thing with like, and I know this is annoying coming from two people that have like done it and like (laughs) seen success. True though. But the reality is, is like, not everybody's supposed to do the same thing. Not everybody's yes. supposed to write highly successful Bible totally. studies. Not everybody is supposed to have a podcast. Right. I hate that the internet has turned it into that, that like, yes. there's this benchmark, there's yes. this like category that we're all supposed to fit in. Yep. And if we all, but if we all fit in that, then like, for example, yeah, I have the most incredible assistant on the planet. Yeah. They are amazing. Yes. One of them like kind of made a go at like Instagram, like influencing and all of that. I mean, she realized yeah. it just really wasn't what she wanted to do, but she's very well suited to assist someone yeah. that's, that's doing it. If she wasn't like healthy and rooted and like listening to, to God's call in her life, yeah. she very well could have like kept trying to grind that out for sure. But in reality, like she's one of the best support systems I have. I could not do what I do without her. Come on. That's, that's incredible. But like, it's just one little shift. Yeah. Like, are you missing what God actually has for you? Because you've decided it should be something else. Or somebody else has told you that that's what you should be, which yeah. I think is a very common thing. Everybody are, is always, they, everybody else has some sort of idea of what you should do with your life. Right. And so we start thinking of it like, oh man, maybe that is something that we should do. Or maybe, maybe I do need to be a pastor, but right. I have zero desire to be a pastor. 
when you're like really being honest, you're like, yeah. that sounds terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's I just don't not actually like, want to do that. I'm, I know I'm not called to that, but if I listen yeah. to everybody else telling me that I'm supposed to, yeah, it would just be a distraction. And I think yeah. a lot of people just need to realize that like, yes, yeah, something, another person's like blessing is not necessarily your blessing. And so like, you need to look at, this is how I tell people to break it down. Obviously pray about it. Spend a lot of time in the word, listening to God's voice, and then look at your talents. Look at what God has put inside of you because your talents are going to be different from other people's. Look at your spiritual gifts, because that's literally like your role in the body of Christ. And a finger isn't the same as an ear. So like yours is going to be different from other people. And then like, what are your experiences? What have you been through and how can you help people there? And then yeah. I, I always like, once I, once you put all that together and figure it out, then figure out how you can positively impact the world around you, yeah, your community, wh- however, however big you, you want it to be. And it may literally mean that you're a, an assistant. It may mean that you own a coffee shop. It may mean that you are an influencer, but each person is going to be completely different. And we can't look at other people on social media that are doing something that seems really cool and it looks awesome, but it's not in your wheelhouse. Right. So you got to like, like be you. Yeah. Come on. That's good. I think that can sound like, I don't know. It can sound weird coming from people that are doing it. Right. Yeah, of it course. Can sound like, Oh, don't try to do what we're doing. But it's not like part of what I do with coaching is like, yeah. I want to help. Like one of my favorite quotes is stop trying to pull out what God never put in. Wow. You're trying to pull something out of yourself that got not only that God didn't put in, but you're missing the opportunity to pull out what God did put in. Like, yeah, Lisa Whittle has her book, Jesus Over Everything, has a chapter in its service over spotlight. And she's just talking about how, like, with this, you know, surgence of the internet and Instagram and podcasts, we all think we're supposed to be in the spotlight. Right. Dude, the spotlight can't work if somebody's not working the spotlight yeah. and if somebody's <laughs> yeah. not engineering the sound and if somebody's not helping me, I'm so yeah. ADHD. If I didn't have an assistant running my calendar, I wouldn't be here right now. You know what I mean? So totally. I just want to like see people yes. walk in their giftings, no matter what it looks like. Absolutely. Super passionate about that because yeah, I spent a really long time just doing the opposite, like trying to make myself small. Yeah. Because I was too loud for like, yeah, the traditional church for sure role of a woman or whatever yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah, right. That's a whole different podcast. Episode. Yeah, yeah. But you try to fit into the mold that other people put on you, and so even like I did that. Like I, I tried a bunch of different things and I failed at a lot of them. But every time that I did fail, I learned something from it. And so yeah. like when you do try new things, maybe you re- you chase after something that isn't actually your calling, but at least try to find a way to figure out how you can use that for the future. Yeah. I mean, I was doing a recording studio. I was doing music. I was doing clothing. Yeah. Like I was doing all these different things. And it turned out that like, yeah, I could use a lot of the pieces that I learned from them, but it wasn't the exact fit. And it wasn't yeah. until later in life, I'm, I'm 34 now. It wasn't until, I mean, I was 29 probably that I was like, oh, this might be the lane that I should be going down yeah. a little bit. And, and still to like every single year, I learn something new and, and I get a little bit more refined and, and I figure out, okay, this is really fitting into my wheelhouse now. And in, yeah. it's a process. It is like, you don't, you don't need to figure it out overnight. Like it's absolutely insane that we send 
people to college at 18 and, and say like, what you figure out what you're going to do the rest of your life. And For the give rest me, of your life. Give me 180 grand to figure it out. What? No. no. I'm like praying my kids don't want to go to college. Seriously. I'm like, don't go to college. Right. Like, like go to a trade school. <laughs> yeah. I'll invest in your first like, business. Uh, exactly. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I went to college, but I'm very anti-college. Right. <laughs> very anti <laughs> Uh, before we close, I want to talk a little bit about, you have a book coming out this fall, See yes. the Good. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So it's coming out November 15th. It's all about finding grace, gratitude, and optimism in every day. I think right now there's just so much negativity in the world for sure, but also in the Christian world, there's a whole lot of it. And as believers, it's a common saying, like we're giving hope to the hopeless. But really, when we get a lot of people into the church, we're like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just it's as hopeless bad. as you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you read Re Red Revelation? Like, right. like literally, I saw this meme the other day of this lady like squinting and above it, it said like checking out, trying to figure out what chapter of Revelation we're in today. And like, yeah, it's all like funny. <laughs> and, and who knows? Maybe it is the end of the world. But if we're out here like giving hope to the hopeless, we should be the most hopeful people. We should be the most joyful people. And we should always be like, yo, God's moving all around us every single day in every single situation. He's moving in some way. So how cool would it be if we opened our eyes and we're able to see that and focus on those things instead of focusing on all the negative things? Yeah, that's awesome. Something that I, I really learned growing up. So my mom is a four-time cancer survivor. And so wow. when I was four years old, she was diagnosed with stage four ovarian, sent home with a 5% chance to live. Then she had a tumor on her sciatic nerve, colon cancer with three quarters of her colon removed and breast cancer, double mastectomy. So literally from four to 15, I'm seeing her in the hospital on her deathbed and being healed every single time. But even when she was skin and bones, she would always say to me, Zach, as bad as this may look, it could be so much worse. I could not be here today. So you need to treat every day like a gift that it is. And even in the hard moments, you need to praise God about it. Uh, and so that like understanding that and growing in that for my entire life for the last 20, 30 years is like what it's all rooted in. So really with this book is like, let's be grateful for what we do have. Yeah. And instead of just be complaining about all the things that are going on negatively in the world, but let's, let's focus on the good things because when you focus on the good, the good expands yeah. and you're going to be able to see like that, man, God's really moving all around me. And, and he is so good. Oh, what a mama. I love her. Right. I know she's the best. I love her. She's amazing. Also, I'm weird in that I'm like, uh, I hope this is end times. Yeah. Lego. <laughs> Lego. Yeah. Let's ride. Yeah, yeah, right. Was that a trumpet? Like, yeah. roll out. <laughs> so, like, we know the end of the story. We know that the story ends well. Like, we should have confidence. Exactly. When people are like, I mean, I, I probably at least once a week get a like, do you think we're living in end times? I'm like, well, yeah. I think everybody since the ascension has been living in end times. It's always exactly. been end times. Right. First of all. Second of all, is that not the hope? Can you imagine right. <laughs> getting to be on earth right when it all ends? I mean, Incredible. Yes, please yes. sign me up for that. So totally. like not to not have to see my parents die to like, not like, right. You know I mean? All like, these heck? things. Yeah. And I've been like that since I was a kid though. Like even yeah. if when my relationship with Christ wasn't really my own, I was yeah. very into like, 
heaven. Like, yeah, get, let's totally. go. Like, right. I, yeah. at the time I probably wouldn't have gotten in, but yeah. I was like, let's go. And so <laughs> I wonder, like, sometimes I'm like, have we've lost sight of eternity. Yeah. And that's what makes us so hopeless. Like if we had our eyes on like the best parts of earth are going to pale in comparison to heaven. Yeah. yeah. Would we not be like, uh, I hope it's end times. Of I course. hope we're living out revelation. And, and, but it should, it should also like, it should force you to live your life right now. So different. exactly like Jesus yeah. literally tells us to pray like on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And so if that's true, like we have this hope for something incredible, like we need to be doing that right now. Like, what can I yeah. do today to bring heaven to earth? Maybe I, yes. maybe I'm not going to go across the world and, and change things for people. But what about like when I talk to the barista? There's souls here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right? So, There's souls yeah. here. And my whole thing is like, how do I want to be found? Like yeah. when that trumpet does sound like, yeah, my hope is that in whatever I'm doing, like raising tiny disciples to going out in yeah. the world, like are the, isn't the hope that everything you're doing is like pointing people back, back to the cross in some capacity. Totally. That's so good. My life doesn't all, I'm not trying to pretend like my life always looks like that. Me either. Cause I get like cranky and totally whatever, yeah. but and I'm mad that kind of like the overarching theme. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like the mayor of petty town. So <laughs> I totally get it. Zach, obviously we could talk for like another hour and a half, Love it. but I have, you know, other interviews and yeah, we both yeah. have lives to live. So Tell people where they can get the Bible study. Yeah. Is it just at thebrandsunday.com? Thebrandsunday.com. You can also get it on Amazon. Okay, cool. Yep. But thebrandsunday.com has access to all of our products. So that's great. Yeah. And new book. Actually, I think it's available for pre-order right now on Amazon. It is. So it's called See the Good yeah. by Zach Wendell. So check that one out as well. Zach, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been awesome. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week.